Hello and welcome to Community Connection. I'm Iowa City Mayor Bruce Teague. August 10, 2020 is a day that will be remembered as hurricane-strength winds rolled across the state of Iowa, leaving a path of destruction. As the Iowa City community continues to pick up the pieces, there are many challenges that still lay ahead of us. Here to discuss the recovery efforts from the destruction left behind is Iowa City Public Works Director Ron Kanucki. Thank you so much for joining me today, Ron. Uh, thanks for having me, Mayor Tig. Yes, well, I'll tell you that uh, Iowans are very familiar with harsh weather, right? We have had uh, zero below weather, um, tornadoes, but can you kind of talk about the, how this storm is unique? Because it lasted a long time. Um, and, and can you just talk about that a little bit? Yeah. I think what, what made this this storm unique um, versus other storms that I've been involved with is just the the size of the storm. You know, in 2006 when we had our tornado, that tornado really um, was a small portion of our community. Uh, when we have floods, that's also a small portion of our community because there, there's you know a limited amount of low uh, lying area. But with this event, um, it pretty much was was community wide and it there there was you know some areas was less damaged than others but but pretty much uh, it, it touched every part of our community and and then the other part that that makes this unique is because it was so widespread you know we're in a situation where the the folks in our public works department um, that we rely on to help us do that that recovery also had damage at their homes and and at their farms and you know and so and so it really had a, a wide impact uh, both from uh, you know, a, a, a community standpoint, but then also from the personal standpoint for our staff members. You're right. This this storm really impacted a large area. The state of Iowa, the governor has had a disaster declaration that she submitted, um, you know, and requested funds from the federal government, which now there will be four point, well, around $4 billion coming into uh, certain counties within Iowa what does that mean for our community, Johnson County here locally, with that declaration and some of those funds? So, so what that means for us locally, um, you know, for, from from the individual disaster standpoint, um, it opens up some uh, resources uh, for our community members. Um, for us as a public works department, as a as a city, um, what that, those dollars will allow for is is to help us offset. Um, the damages that we have in our community. Um, when we did our initial damage assessment um, that we turned in as a part of the information gathering that the governor had for her uh, request that she made, um, you know, we estimate based on, you know, some, some damage to some buildings, um, a lot of staff time and debris removal, you know, we estimate we'll have around $900,000 in, in costs that we're gonna incur as a part of this disaster. And so um, with that disaster declaration, it will help us um, to recover some of those costs that we have uh, as, as we make our recovery. And for individuals that have some challenges with recovery within their own homes, um, will this money also address that or is that something still forthcoming? So my understanding is, is the dollars that, that were requested as a part of this is included in those individual, uh, uh, um, individual uh, 
damage um, grants. And so uh, th those are based on, it, it's a need-based program um, here in, in our Johnson County, um, the Hawkeye Area Community Action Program is the one that actually oversees the application process for that. Um, and so th that group is HACAP. And so, um, you know, any individuals um, can call into them. Their number is 319-739-0056 and, and start that process as far as the grant application goes. So when we're talking about immediate concerns after the, after the storm came through, it was electricity by far. There was a lot of concerns about people needing to get their electricity back on. We have individuals that may have had medical needs for the need for electricity if they're on oxygen. So how did the city work with Mid-American Energy to kind of lay out plans for our city? Our initial immediate need that we came up uh, and, and faced was our, our water plant. And so um, with uh, with you know, we have, we have our water plant, you know, north of I-80, but our well field is actually um, down on the peninsula by the dog park. And so um, we, we didn't have power to our well field, which then limited our ability to, to produce water. Luckily, we have capacity in the system, um, but, but that it definitely was the immediate need. Um, we were able to work with BitAmerican on that, and, and they actually had power back to that area by midnight on Monday. Um, so, so that was the immediate need. Um, and then as we've, you know, as, as various areas came up and concerns came up, it was both a combination of um, City of Iowa City passing information on and then also Johnson County Emergency Management uh, passing information on to Mid-American, um, you know, really focus on the areas that, that needed to have the focus on, you know, uh, whether it's um, elderly facilities, um, senior living areas, or, or those other folks that have those uh, needs. Um, and then also with that, um, Johnson County Emergency Management also uh, worked with our other medical providers within the community to um, make those targeted um, visits uh, to those folks where we you know, did know that we have um, those folks on oxygen and some of those other things uh, from a medical needs standpoint. Well, the water plant and the uh, water waste treatment plant uh, or facility very happy to hear that there was a quick response because that could be major challenges for the entire community, right? Um, That's so correct. happy to know that uh, you all were able to get, get on that right away. Uh, I know some of the things that's been on people's minds is really the debris that is um, all across uh, the city and uh, what are some of the things um, that people can do in order for some of the trees and limbs to be removed from their property? So we currently have uh, obviously the, the, the landfill uh, is the is the first place that that folks can can take their that yard waste and those debris out and and right now the way that we're operating if you're if if you've hired a contractor um, to come and clean up your yard for you and, and, and get those debris cleaned up they're they're actually going to haul that to the landfill because that's the location that we have uh, identified for those commercial haulers uh, we have our crews. Um, whether it be city crew, the DOT crews, Johnson County's crews are out um, collecting things curbside currently. Um, and and that, that's going to be a long process, but that material is actually being taken to a, a city property. We call it Meskwaki Park. It's actually a, a former landfill uh, kind of south of McAllister Boulevard on the west side of the Iowa River. And then we've also opened up another residential uh, yard uh, waste stockpile area, and that's near the transit facility. 
1200 South Riverside Drive. Um, that we opened up on Saturday, uh, allowing folks to, you know, instead of having to go out to landfill a little bit closer to town and, and they can actually drop their yard waste off there. We've seen just a huge response of neighbor helping neighbors when it come down to debris within our community, as well as the businesses stepping up and, and doing what they can uh, during this time. How much of the Midwestern uh, mentality do you think had to play within how neighbors actually came together during this time? As always, in, in any of the disasters I've been involved with here at the city, um, you know, it, it, it's always that part of it. It's, it's the neighbors helping neighbors. And I think it's just, it's amazing to see how, those, how, how, how the neighborhoods do come together to, to get those things um, cleaned up. Um, and it's also, not only is it, is it, you know, a matter of helping themselves, but there, in some areas they were out and, and, you know, getting roads cleaned up and getting at least uh, getting to the point where instead of waiting for city crews to come through and, and pushing debris back, they were out there cutting things up to, to open up their, uh, their access to their homes. And so it's, uh, it, it's, it's, it, it always amazes me at, at how our community the resilience that we have in the way folks work together to, you know, to overcome these types of events. In response to like the cleanup efforts people are doing, can you speak a little bit to safety related to using, um, using machinery, taking down limbs? Um, we know that if power lines are near, uh, there are some precautions people need to take. Tell us how can we do some safe things right now? Luckily, right now, you know, in our community, you know, MidAmerican has done a very good job of of coming in uh, and, and getting power restored uh, to most of our community. And a part of that is is their response to you know getting the trees off of the power lines, um, you know, getting the power lines de-energized and then re-energized as they get them installed. And so, obviously, if there's if there's any power lines down, stay away. Don't don't, don't be involved in those things. Um, but then the other aspect of it is, uh, you know, if, if you're not used to handling a chainsaw, you know, maybe we shouldn't be using a chainsaw. I, I'm not aware of, I guess I'm only aware of one incident where we've had a, a community member um, hurt themselves in, in regards to how, how they've been, you know, doing the cleanup. Um, but, you know, you know, I think what, what I've seen is, you know, if, if you're not used to handling those things, you're probably best to, to leave that to a professional to take care of those things for you. And the other thing is COVID is still in our community and the storm happened at a time which was unfortunate that we still had this huge concern with COVID. What are some things that you would recommend for individuals these you know that are helping each other out that aren't a part of the same household? Yeah I mean I, you know as, as, as we've been working through with our crews um, you know we're, we're trying to stay socially distanced as best as we can um, but in those times when we cannot socially distance, we're wearing masks to make sure that um, we don't reduce any risk that is there. Um, and, and that would be the same recommendation that we would have for, for our community members is, you know, as, as, as folks are, you know, that, that Midwestern help is there and in and, and, and the good old fashioned way we do things, um, just to be cognizant of that and make sure um, that you're protecting yourself and, and, and wearing your mask or a face shield, just, just to, you know, limit that exposure as much as we can. So the city has resources that, can, that people can go to to learn of some of the recovery efforts and some of the resources. Do you have that website that you can share with us today? 
I do it. The city of Iowa City on their website has been updating and, and, and making resources available. Um, and that, that website is icgov.org and then it's storm recovery. And, and they, th what that'll allow them to do is get right to that, that access point. And as I currently right now, it's also on, on the main banner that that's there on the, on the webpage when you come in, but um, that icgov.org storm recovery will, is the website that'll be the easiest for them to get access to those additional um, resources that are out there. Is there anything that you want to talk about as we end our time here today? We've talked about, you know, a, a lot, but I, I wanted to just allow you any more uh, time to just speak to individuals in our community that may be suffering on a personal note. You bet. You know, I, I think uh, the, the response that we've seen from our community members as, as our staff have been going out and, and getting debris cleaned up is, is, has been amazing. You know, obviously, um, folks are very appreciative, and, and we appreciate that. Uh, as well, um, as we get into those neighborhoods, um, you know, from from a you know from a debris standpoint, um, one thing that I would ask and appreciate is um, as we bring that debris out to the curb, as our crews are picking things up, try to avoid mailboxes and signposts and fire hydrants and you know any of those things that are out there uh, because um, a lot of times they'll be buried and hidden, and and that creates a whole other issue that's out there. And so. Um, you know, as, as folks are doing their cleanup, uh, you know, try to avoid stockpiling around those things um, and, and, and be patient with us. You know, obviously, um, there's a lot of debris out there. We're doing our best um, to get to the community. Um, we'll definitely be making more than one pass to get this uh, storm cleaned up. But uh, it's, uh, you know, it, it, I think from where we were at a week ago to where we're at today, um, it is truly amazing. Um, what we've been able to accomplish uh, in this week. Well, thank you for being a part of today. And thanks to everybody in our city that have been personally directly impacted. Um, thanks for your patience. Thanks for working with the city. Um, and we're uh, still working hard out there, as you just mentioned. So thank you again, Ron, and enjoy the thank rest you. of your day. You yes. too, Mayor. Thank you very much. Yes. That's our show today. We want to remind you one more time that we've got updates on recovery efforts on our website. Visit icgov.org slash storm recovery to follow along and check out our list of community resources. We'll be back later this week with another episode of Community Connection on the 2020 Census. Until then, be safe, Iowa City.